if young people can see the potential they have, the avenues they have to get to the many, many different paths they might want to go, then it's good to try and um, show them that anything is possible and to guide them. Yeah. Okay, so as you are involved in the goal program, what advice do you give to the African youth? Um, so if you do have an interest, there's so many people from your community and from other communities who do that exact thing. Um, and I'm sure that all of them would be happy to sit down and have a chat with you, communicate with you, give you life advice, show you the different pathways to get there. So I know when I was a young person, it was really hard for me to ask for help, but don't be afraid to put your hand up and say, do you know a person who works in this industry? I'd love to have a chat about how to get there. Do you have any struggles um, doing community work? And if so, what are they? So doing community work, I think this might not be a challenge just for me, but it sometimes can become um, like it, you can burn out if you don't do self-care, if you don't give yourself enough time because community work more or less happens around the clock really. So if you don't allow yourself that space, then you can burn out. And so it's important to look after yourself. It's important to know that, yes, this is community work. Now I'm going to step back and go do something I enjoy, go get some rest. Yeah. Why did you decide to do the career that you're doing right now? So all my life I wanted to be a journalist. That's all I ever dreamt to do. And then I went and studied media and communications and it sucked away my enjoyment of writing, of interviewing, of speak. like it just became too much. So um, I thought, okay, what am I good at? I'm good at talking to people. I'm good at um, community development. I'm interested in helping people. So I think that's how I started down that path. So I work for nonprofit government, uh, government organizations. I've worked for um, different government departments as well. So that's how I ended up here, that I did something that I loved that I n never want to do again. And so here I am doing something I, yeah, I am enjoying. How did you become, um, how did you end up being in this program? Um, so it started off through work. Uh, the uh, the, the Western Bulldogs Foundation was looking to start a program for young people of African backgrounds and they invited different organizations to help co-design the program and to like help guide it and see what was needed. So I came to kind of add my voice uh, in my capacity as my role. Um, and I was like, okay, so now that I've given my opinion on what this should look like, like whether that was taken on board or not, I thought, okay, I've said that there should be mentors. It should not just be sport. There should be aspects uh, where young people learn something from it. Um, how about I lend my services or um, uh, how can I help by providing mentors to this? How can I help by getting my organization involved in this further? And so that's how that began. So I've been, I took a couple of years off during COVID, but the first year when it started, I came, I had some colleagues come and provide assistance. We've provided transportation and yeah, so just trying to see where we can help. 
Okay. If you are tuning in, you're listening to Go Live on Live FM, live from Wilton Oval, Footscray in Melbourne, Australia. My name is Anam and my co-host today are Araxan, Ringo and Blaine. And our special guest is Akut. Have you had any troubles with racism in the past? Okay, so in the past, I, I've i always had trouble um, recognizing what I've experienced, whether it's racism or somebody who just doesn't like me. Um, and a lot of the time I've tried to take it on board and because I think racism feels so much bigger than just me. And it, it if I start considering it that way, I've always been worried I'll start seeing it everywhere. So, um, but I have had experiences where people have for no reason been antag- like not liking me or behaving really uh, inappropriate ways. But I don't, I, they're, they're normally people from lower socioeconomic backgrounds or people who are having their own struggles. So I try not to take that on board, but I have had a few, a couple, yes. And how did you deal with them? Um. <laughs> I've been assisted by other people. So one incident I think happened when I was quite young. It was at a shopping center. Um, Some girls just started like coming at me. I think one of them tried to spit at me, but security took, um, came, came and just took them away and told them they'd be banned if they didn't stop behaving antisocially. Um, but that's really what I, what stands out for me. But um, anytime there's been antisocial behavior around me, somebody else in a figure of authority has stepped in and stopped it. Yeah. Okay. Um, you mentioned how you are from Caroline Springs. Mm-hmm. Um, so how was the area and the environment there for you growing up? I cut, So I moved to Melbourne when I was already an adult. So I grew up in Western Sydney. Um, but I do find that Caroline Springs is quite multicultural. Um, it's It's a very calm area I guess um so yeah like I find it to be quite multicultural a lot of the students the people who work there are from diverse backgrounds so I feel at home there how did you feel about the transition to Australia it was a shock to begin with um so I lived in Kenya when I was young until I was 14 years And even being in Kenya, I was from a different background to the Kenyan people. But coming to Australia was a shock to my system to some degree because um, not only was I different ethnically, but I was different even in physical appearance. So it it definitely, I felt like I stood out, but I quickly got used to it. Um, I quickly got used to it. I lived in Western Sydney, which is also quite um, multicultural again. But um, I was the only African in school. I was the only um, African worker at my uh, first job. So it, it, I was constantly like remembering that I am different to the, to the um, main population. And slowly that has changed as uh, our population has grown. How does it feel to be a part of both the African and Australian community? I think it's the best hybrid. <laughs> like uh, you get to pick and choose which parts of what culture you like and what you want to incorporate into your life, especially the older you get, you have so much more choice in in that decision of how you want to live your life. 
what you want to eat, what you want to wear. It's all you. So I pick some African um, cultural things I want. I pick some Australian ones I like and whatever makes me happiest. Uh, that's now, yeah, that's the culture I'm choosing. How many siblings do you have? Um, I have 11 siblings. Um, wow. <laughs> so um, I come from a culture that uh, believes in polygamy. So my father's first wife has eight, eight children and my mother has three children. And then I have another sibling. So yes, so follow quite a large family. Follow up to that, what's polygamy? Where you okay? So polygamy is where you marry you. A man can marry more than one wife, and it's socially acceptable and it is culturally acceptable in that time. Anyway, it's not anymore. But yeah, so it was um, legally acceptable to have multiple wives. Do you have any uh, siblings living here in Australia as well? Yes, I have two sisters who live here in Victoria. I have two sisters who live in in Adelaide. So I, I feel like I have family all over the world really, so it's quite amazing. Okay, that's all we have that's all we have time for today. Thank you to our guest Akut. It's been a great pleasure pleasure talking to you today. Live from Wotton Oval Footscray in Melbourne, Australia. You have listening to Goal live on live fm my name is anam and my co-host today were araxan ringo and blaine thank you for joining us today we hope you found the information today useful until next time have a great day <laughs>